we are live. I'm here with Ellie Rome. Ellie, thank you so much for being on this. Chris. I'm so thankful. <laughs> <laughs> We've been trying to get you on for so long, but we made it happen. We made it happen. I'm so grateful happen. to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah. I love nature, as everybody knows. And Ellie, you and I met, and we met at Buzzmill. Um, I believe it was Michael who introduced us, the gentleman who organized the sports events and kind of retreats out there. I think I don't Mitchell? Mitchell. 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 Yeah. Mitchell. Mitchell introduced us. And I knew right then and there, whoa. You know, when you meet people and uh, there's just <laughs> something about it. Like, I, I, I guess what I'm going to say is, I don't think I've ever heard you say anything negative. <laughs> I'm going to say it like that. Because you're just such a positive array of vibrancy <laughs> with everything you do and everything you handle and get into. It's like, um, my, my, you know what, I'll be honest. It's my grandfather who comes out in you because he always said, you know, if you're going to do something, you do it all the way. Beyond what any, if anything worth doing is worth overdoing. And you encapsulate that for me. So you inspire me. So thank you for being on and uh, tell us about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Oh, well, thank you, Chris. I am Ellie. I am a, by background, an emotional eating coach. And then we started these comfort zone retreats recently. So I guess now I'm a comfort zone retreat founder slash leader, which is super exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah so that's short background. There you go. How did, like, what, so if you don't mind, um, let's go back pretty far. Let's go to childhood for a little bit. Was there ever a moment in childhood where you knew right away, yeah, nature's going to be a big part of this thing I'm doing in this body? Mm. I mean, I loved being outside. I was outside all the time. Yeah. Playing. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Kingwood, Texas. Okay. So I was born in New Orleans, but grew up in Kingwood, which is near Houston. Yeah. Yeah. And so we would go, I mean, we would go, but there's like all these green belts in Houston or in Kingwood. So we'd be just always on our bikes in the woods, building forts. Nice. Um, yeah. Just outside. When you got to elementary school, was it still something that you continued? So for instance, for me, I was like, oh, this isn't that cool. This isn't the trend. So I was like into like skateboarding and the cool <laughs> trendy things, right? So I dropped nature. I let it go. Did, did it continue with you at all? Like family trips or national parks, anything like that? Yeah. I mean, not really as far as like exploring nature, like understanding it, but just I loved being outside. So I, I don't know that I was even conscious of that. I like loved nature. I just was always playing and tumbling and yeah. gymnastics, but usually outside on the trampoline or like, yeah. But it, I don't think it was a conscious thought of like, oh, I love nature. Yeah. I, guess, like, I love recess. <laughs> I, I guess the reason I ask is reflect, like, like looking back and reflecting on it. Could you say now like, oh, those were definitely stepping stones towards what I'm doing right now. Mm. Like I think, yes, as far as, like, just, like, yeah. it's so funny when you ask that, because, like, looking back, like, I, I was always just, like, leading, like, mm -hmm. leading, like, my friend groups are, like, creating some game and making everyone play it, oh <laughs> or, like, I was perfect. really loud in class, and I was just kind of, like, just always had these ideas, and just, just constantly ideating and, like, making up stuff and doing new projects, so was, that feels like that was, that's yeah. a theme. That's cool. Yeah, the kids uh, who do that type of stuff, man, it's hysterical to see them create little games. And we've actually plucked a few from their imaginations and creations and 
keep, keep them around as uh, games we play at the school. So you get done with high school and you went into college. What were you studying there? I studied chemical engineering. Chemical so engineering. I became a chemical engineer and then it just wasn't where my heart was. Yeah. Um, I just had a history of, I was strong in math and science. And I love math and science, but I honestly didn't even know what a chemical engineer did going yeah. into college. I just thought, oh, this is a good degree. I had initially wanted to go to med school, but something in me was just, was like, don't just get a biology degree. Like if you, for some reason, don't want to go to med school. I think it honestly had a fear. It was like, if you don't get into med school, which now I look back, I'm like, why did I think that? Ah. Um, so it's like little mm -hmm. <laughs> younger Ellie, believe in yourself. Yeah. Um, but it was, so ended up going the chemical engineering route. Yeah. yeah. And when you graduated, did you look for a chemical engineering job? Did you find one? You you did that. How long did you do? What, yeah. where, where did you work? Yeah, I worked for five years at Honeywell. Honeywell. So I did some um, internships with them, and then I worked for them full time. And well, what did they do? Honeywell does everything, and I ended up working at like a refrigerants plant, and then I worked at a actually out of school. I worked at a catalyst and adsorbents plant. Mm -hmm. So nothing super fun. We made. Basically, they're called zeolite products, so they're cage-like structures that absorb things Whoa. to purify streams, of, but all different things. So if you can think of like a, this is like a commodity product, we didn't make this, but like a silica gel packet, Yeah, essentially that, but ah. a lot more just like um, different silica-based alumina. Interesting. Yeah. So they're almost like the engineers behind all the little things that we notice, but don't really think about too much like those silica gel packets i'm always like Psh, i just throw that out you know <laughs> yeah well, we didn't make those we made more for like petroleum companies and stuff like purifying their their streams oh, or like oh okay um, okay now I'm yeah that's just like a example of what kind of what the products do yeah how and so for five years was there any point during that time that you were like mm, i'm gonna get into like what w along that five years when did you feel like you got into the Wim Hof thing and all that you're doing like how, how did you get out of Honeywell is what <laughs> I want to know yeah totally so I was a sugar addict my whole life mm, um I was relate. yeah very much I'm gonna drink some water <laughs> <laughs> I very much coped with sugar I used to binge eat um and it didn't really catch up with me I mean now looking back I had like horrible ADHD I, behavior problems brain fog bloated tired but I didn't really connect it until later in life. And, um, in college I started developing health issues. So this is where I started to gain weight. Um, I ended up losing hair, thyroid issues, shortness of breath. My toes were going numb, um, really bad brain fog, really bad fatigue. And I was just like, wow. what's going on? I was like, I went from this energetic kid who could not sit still to someone who did not want to get out of bed in the morning. I was like, what is happening? And so I went to six different doctors all of whom just kind of handed me prescriptions or just couldn't really tell what was wrong. And I finally went to a holistic practitioner and she was the only one that asked me what I was eating. And wow. that, yeah, at the time I thought I was doing pretty well, like whole wheat bread and low fat yeah. yogurts yep. and all those like conventional yeah. foods that were told are healthy. And she knew pretty much instantly that was a big driver of my issues. So I ended up long story short, changed my diet, um, broke the sugar addiction finally. And, and my life changed. I mean, yeah. everything changed. The way I showed up in the world, the way I felt, the, my perception, like just, I felt like a new human being and I became obsessed with nutrition and just wanting to, to help other people. I was like, oh my gosh, I felt so horrible 
and I was preached at so much misinformation. So it was like kind of this driving passion to be able to like educate if anything. Yeah. And that's what kind of got me on the, the realm of coaching. I was a chemical, I was an engineer at the time, but I just, my heart was like burning to do this. So all my free time, I was just studying it. I was, um, I was learning about addiction, sugar addiction. What year I, was this? This was the sugar. My own breaking of it was in twenty, like twenty thirteen. Wow! So it's it's been a long it's decade. Been a while. Yeah, yeah, it's so crazy. Thank you. How fast time flies! Um, but yeah, so that's how it kind of got me into that world. I started coaching. I ended up leaving my engineering job after about building a business for about two years and I was able to leave and then I became a yoga teacher got into mindfulness mindful eating meditation that led me into breath work which has just been so transformative and then I moved to Austin and the Wim Hof group started that and then yeah that's all unfolded into these comfort zone retreats yeah so you felt your body was sending you a message you know you could not function any longer the way you once had. And I think that's where the same thing happened for me with Natureversity was I felt so disconnected. I was mm. so like lost and I always knew like, oh, I'm going to live in the woods. I'm going to do all this stuff. But the moment that I did, that was how Natureversity was born. I was like, I was obsessed with it. And then I thought the same thing because the moment that I felt good, I thought, who else needs this? So I think that's maybe where you went. Like, who else could benefit from, like, who else has a situation like mine that I can help? Because I don't know. I mean, maybe you always think in life, I'm going to go get a chemical engineering degree. I'm going to do good in the world, right? You think that. And then, like, I have friends who've gotten, you know, these degrees, and they just become, like, oil yes men and things like that. And you, you hope, okay, I'm going to work for this company who does all these wonderful things. And uh, I'm not saying Honeywell didn't do wonderful things. But you don't know because, for instance, maybe none of those people who use those Honeywell products ever actually talked to you and told you, like, the benefits of what you've given them. But when people go to your retreats, that connection, that's real. And that's like an instant gratitude and and i don't know what is that dopamine is that a dopamine hit ellie come on you're genius Tell <laughs> i me. think it's ah, serotonin i it's think it's serotonin. like pure real happiness yeah. or just like but yeah just know what connectedness I mean? like mm-hmm. the, the difference in careers and jobs and so you being able to find this way to you told me you wanted to go to the medical field that sounds like you want to help people you know and now you have this beautiful way of taking uh, bodies who unfortunately have been you know, gone through this process that, that they felt was adequate and was going to serve them. And now they've realized, oh no, like with your naturopath, I went through the same thing. I went, finally went to a naturopathic doctor and had that same thing happen. He like did a blood test and was like, oh, eating for your blood type and here's the sensitivities and all this stuff. So yeah, I'm right there in that same vein with you. So, th- so you get started in 2013, taking control, and at what point did you host your very first something? What was it? What was that first thing that you organized for yourself to know this is going to be impactful? I want to help people with what I've learned about myself. Mm, I think one of my first sugar talks, actually, it was like, I mean, even just coaching somebody and being able to like realize like, oh, wow, I can't apply this framework to someone else and see their results. And it was just like, 
it's like a magic formula. Yeah. It's like, here, just do this. And it was like so many results yes. were happening. And then to be able to speak to a group around my first, like gave him a presentation on sugar, kicking the sugar habit and just like teaching people about the different hormonal issues. Like it's actually a hormonal effect of the, of consuming so much sugar. Like it's not just, it's not just the, it's both. It's the emotional part and the physical part. And just like seeing people's like light bulbs go off in their heads and then yeah. actually seeing change happen from that. And it was crazy. This one guy that came to one of my first presentations, it, it looked like he came with his daughter. And so I didn't, you know, I don't know if you know this, like when you, if you give a presentation and you're like looking at the audience, kind of trying to read them and like, are they even getting this? Do yeah. they like this? Do they oh, think yeah. I'm like so boring? <laughs> They're just like, cause faces can look really blank when they're just like, staring at you yeah, listening, yeah yeah and so this guy like particularly this man i was like i don't know if he's like really enjoyed this like i think he's just got dragged along here but after that presentation he came up to me and he said god's speaking through you Whoa. and i was just like wow what and it just like i got chills yeah. and it was so it was just really validating because i you know i was like new in the field so that was like one of my first um that was one of the first things I was just like, keep doing this. Like yeah. you're really helping people and making a difference, especially in Mobile, Alabama is where I was. Wow. Where this is like, Whoa. I mean, this is That's no like one, one of the most there's no health coaches in the world. <laughs> yeah. Know, US, US. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, at, at the time there, yeah, there weren't health coaches in Mobile. I didn't know wow. any. And I, it was just like, it was cool to be able to like bring that information. Sure. Yeah. Did you ever have, so your first gig, how many people shut up? Um, I would say about like, I feel like it was a yoga studio. It was like 22. Nice. It was way more than I thought we were going to oh, come. Yeah, I thought awesome. like two were going to come. And that's it was awesome. like, well, this is awesome. People signed up for this. Feels so good, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I wondered about, I always wanted to ask you about that with your classes. Cause I remember Wim Hof when we would go and it would just be like six or seven people. And now I'm oh, looking gosh. at it. I'm like, there's like a 60 or 70 <laughs> people there. What's going on? What happened? Oh, it's been like gosh. a year, a year and a half. It's been like. Yeah, it's almost been, it'll be three years in October. Yeah. Like, I am just, I'm in awe of you. It's Uh, amazing. You are such an awesome supporter of it. Thank you so much. Yeah, I keep, I always tell everybody I meet, they're always like, because I always go to Ocean Lab, and I'm always hanging out in the sauna there, and when I do the ice baths, I'm always like, yeah, you know Ellie? And everyone's like, Wait, oh, the, oh, the Ellie. Yeah, yeah, we know her. Yeah, <laughs> so oh it's like gosh. a lot of people know you there, but some don't. And I'm like, yeah, if you want to get into this. And the moment that I realized what you were doing was like, holy cow, was when I actually got back that morning from a Wim Hof uh, session with you. And Avery and I were hanging out with the kids and I, we were talking. One of them was saying, I think that they were going to go snorkeling or something and I was like yeah well you can hold your breath for a few minutes right and he's like no I hold my breath like 10 seconds I was like well let's work on that and they he was like yeah how and I was like watch I bet I can get you to hold your breath for at least like 40 or 50 seconds right now and he's like no 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 come on and I we did I put the audio on oh my god I clicked it on we went through the whole thing and when he said hold I mean little rider was holding his breath for probably about a minute and he was blown away oh my his gosh. and he was like up and down like I can't believe I just did that like how did I do that there's no way I don't believe it what just happened to me it just shocked his whole chorus all he wanted to talk about for the rest of the day and I went home and told his mom and his family and they got all into it and I think they're big Wim Hof believers now so <laughs> it can change your life and I don't know I've, I've always thought about like water 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 I've never really put breath in there but since 
hanging out with you and doing those Wim Hof, I now talk to the kids about breath. We always incorporate breath into the morning gratitude mm. and whew, deep breaths with the kids. And it's so awesome, Allie. Anyway, that's side so, story. That's so <laughs> awesome that you're introducing them to that and connecting yeah. to them to their breath. I was so unconscious. I didn't, as growing up, knowing that that's such a tool to like, oh, you feel anxious? Yeah. Just take one breath. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, so transformative. And you never think about that. Like, we talk about sticks. It's the most benign thing in the world, right? A little stick on the ground. This kid went home with a stick every single day, and at the end of a year of Nature Versity, he made this tree that was a Christmas tree for the next year for his family. And he, his mom took a picture of it, and I just thought, like, wow. Like, just the most most thing that we never think about a stick draws all of this harmony together and i thought about that with breath like we never pay attention to it mm -hmm. we don't unless you're actively doing so so yeah wow powerful stuff i um i wanted to hear more about when you began doing the w you you were in mobile alabama you were doing these sugar um awareness and how it's not good what got you to Texas? Where did you go? Did you go to Texas right after Alabama or did you go somewhere else? Actually, I went to Denver. Yeah. So I, had qu I quit my job and was like, kind of like, why am I still in Alabama? Because I'd moved to Alabama for my job and I enjoyed Mobile. It was like perfect timing for me after college. But then at that time I was ready to leave. Yeah. So I went to Denver and I was there for about eight months and it just, I love Denver, but it felt like there was just, it was like a a round peg in a square hole like ah. something didn't feel quite right and something sparked me it was like go to austin Whoa. i went to austin it was like ding 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 no inspiration <laughs> at all nobody guided you no it was just like really? this like i literally remember like waking up I was like go to austin and i was just like all right i told my roommate i was like i'm leaving <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm moving i have to no. move bye and it was just it was very rapid but it was just i don't know if you've had those moments or just knowings it's yeah. like you don't really question it it's Heck just yeah. like i know i'm supposed to go there yeah. um so it was it was perfect, and Austin has just been such a blessing. It's such you, a special place. And you got here, and what did you set up for yourself? Yeah, so I was still coaching, so I was doing a lot of, or I'm still like the sugar addiction, emotional eating coaching, but I got very much into the breath work, and that's how kind of the all the comfort zone came about. I the I was introduced to Wim Hof breathing. I went to a Dr. Joe Dispenza conference. Are you familiar with Dr. Joe Dispenza? I'm not. It's um, very much like um, quantum physics or just a lot of like what basically we're creating our own reality. Um, what you're putting out, you're getting back law of attraction, but yeah. in a very like science-based way. Okay. Um, anyway, so I went to a conference of his I sat next to a guy that was from Austin. This was in Houston. And uh, I just had this urge to jump in cold water, like this divine urge, same Whoa. urge that told me to move to Austin. And it was just like, go in cold water. I was like, I don't know what this is. Do you want to, um, when we get back to Austin, do you want to jump in like cold water at like 5.30 a.m.? He's like, sure. So we get back, end up meeting up. His friend, he brings a friend, and they taught me Wim Hof that morning. And I was like, I love this can we do this every week and then that's how the Wim Hof group started and I was like I want to start a group and so they kind of trickled off they and I just kept showing up every Friday no matter what yeah and then I just posted on meetup I didn't really quite expect many people to come 
And then slowly people started coming. So I just started sharing on Instagram. But I wasn't really promoting it. I just was kind of sharing what I was doing. Yeah. And then people were like, what are you doing? I want to come. And then just slowly just keep showing up. And then now it's been really cool. Now we've got created this ritual that's meditation, yoga, breath work, and then we cold plunge. And then I, through that whole process, I started teaching the breath work. In the beginning, I was just playing the Wim Hof app. Yeah. And then I start one day the my speaker went out so i had to lead it and it was god was like that nope, was you're gonna it. lead it that was it ellie <laughs> yeah i was then, there when you would oh use the speaker gosh yeah it, yeah and then I, I i wondered one day when that was gonna happen. one day when it's gonna I happen i knew it i knew that was gonna happen you're gonna lead it. <laughs> yeah and then I, I just i ended up getting certified in breath work and then learned somatic release breath work and i've just for the last about two years or two and a half years been leading and it's i mean breath work has changed my life it's changed it's just so awesome to watch people release and yeah what it can do it's so powerful uh-huh. <laughs> um so the the wim hof thing is fridays 6 30 a.m yep 6 30 a.m every friday and it's down at barton Springs still uh-huh on the uh, big monkey tree we're at a tree kind of nearby it okay. due to the the ish, um the group size oh, was right. disrupting the parks got it got it yeah. And now what, how did, how did these retreats begin to form? What, what was the inspiration behind that? Yeah, I think honestly it was a, my own desire for connection yeah. and community. And I like reflecting back on life, it was two things. It was that. And then I went and did some plant medicine ceremonies with big groups. And during the ceremonies, it'd be like, like I, cherish those ceremonies so much and it was because the medicine yes a big part but also just the group camaraderie of like going through this hard journey where we're like going into the depths of our soul but like being able to we're all like there's moments where you come out and just like we're all in this together and just like what is going on and then we're like going back into ceremony and it's just like those moments like the bonds that were built in such a short period of time I was like this is and I had always said this like I'd look at back at my life. When did I feel most connected? It was always memories where I was with a group of people and we were doing hard things, whether it was in engineering and I was up at 2 a.m. with my classmates studying, like grueling. Like that was the hard. Yeah. But we, like I loved those memories and I was so close to my classmates. We were like brothers and sisters. And then I'd have like festivals. I remember a festival was Tomorrow World with my fr- a group of friends and it completely rained out. I mean like torrential downpour, mud everywhere. Their tents flooded. They had to stay in my tent. And it was, it couldn't have been better. Like we would not have bonded the way we bonded had it not been so difficult and like wretched. But right. it was amazing yeah. because we just grew through that. And so it was like this theme, like doing hard things together, building that camaraderie. And so I wanted that. And I was just like, it was a mate, Chris. I wrote down. I remember writing down it. Talk about manifestation. Just like, and I was like, I want to be able to use all my favorite things, like the gifts. Like so, I was like, yoga, healthy eating, breath work, meditation, being outside, um, just like everything combined into one, and be able to like do that as my job. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was like, boom, boom, first yes. comers on retreats, like and leading. Like I love to lead, or just a personal development because it's just constant. Like what I like to learn. And so if I can, like, learn with other people or teach other people, because then I get, I like to learn it more, too, and get to watch them yeah. and get reflected um, their teachings, because I think we're all teaching each other. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so that's how it kind of birthed. Do you mind walking us 
through how, how long are the retreats? The retreats vary. So yeah. typically the classic comfort zone retreat is about three days. Sure. Um, we have a Colorado one coming up that's going to be four days. And then we have these 24-hour retreats that we just started that are local to Austin that are just 24 hours to be more accessible to yeah. people. So they can just like, they don't have to take off work. It's not too expensive. It's just like, get off your phone for 24 hours. Come connect, come build community and, and really push yourself, push your boundaries. And yeah. it's really magical to see in 24 hours what can change for somebody. And the ones that aren't in Austin or Colorado, where are they? Oh, we've done some in Big Ben. Mm-hmm. And then we've done some just kind of like a couple hours from Austin at different ranch houses or like those were our initial couple we did we tried there nice yeah what is it about big ben that resonates with you man oh big ben wow. is so special isn't it beautiful oh my gosh yeah i never i never had been till really? we scoped it out for the retreat Ooh. and i was like what is this yeah. place it is so special it's huge it's, it's massive and it was just divine. We had this, pri- we're, we've rented out this private property with this man named Brandon who's just been so, he's an angel. Um, he cooks us brisket and he's Whoa. just like, gives us his, the yeah. land is so sweet and it's near the parks and we can do whatever we want on it because on the parkland we've got, there's rules, but right. there we can just kind of do whatever. And we set up the yurts and it's just like our little village and it's like our family yeah. of about, it's been like 30 to 40 people just wow. like. That's amazing. Just transform on this land. It's so cool. Got that many cool. people to drive out to Big Ben. I know. It's a nine hour drive. I know. It's amazing. But even on the drive, I think that was really special for a lot of people. Just sure. riding up with people they didn't yeah. know, and they became so close. Even just the drive. Yeah. Yeah. That'll that'll bond you right there. A nine hour drive with somebody. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so Big Ben, you got there, you scouted it. What were you like? Why, why did you know this is it? This is the place. It's so funny you ask that. When I was, I was on the phone with my friend Tanya, who I did led some of the retreats with, and we were contemplating where to go because I knew I wanted to go camping next. I was like, I want to do a camping trip. Like, And it was funny because my previous partner was kind of hesitant to that, but then he moved to Costa Rica, so it was like I had full autonomy. I was now like the sole owner of Comfort Zone Retreats, and I was like, yeah, yeah we're going camping. <laughs> I was like, I really want to do this. And um, Again, it's these divine sparks. It's like, what is this coming from? It's like, it's just like, nope, this is what we're doing. And then I remember she, we were talking about going to like the Frio Lake or yeah, was that? Frio River. Frio River. Yeah. And, and I was like, something just didn't feel right. And then I think Tanya had been to Big Ben a lot. And she was like, and she, I saw one picture of Big Ben. I was like, yep. That's it. That's it. We're going. Yeah. This is what we're doing. We're not playing small. We're going to Big Ben. Yeah. We're going to National Park. What did you think of the stars? Absolutely out of this world. Have you ever seen anything like that? No. I bet that. No. Bet that Shooting mind. stars were, oh my gosh. Everywhere. Isn't everywhere. everywhere. They're everywhere. They're, people think like, oh, it's once, uh, whatever. And it's, it's all the time. You just, yeah, seven. if you just keep your gaze up, you'll yep. see them. It's amazing. amazing. The Milky Way. The whole Milky Way is like right there in front of you. Did you climb any of those mountains and get as close to, to the sky as you could? We like hiked to the Pacific Rim. Not Pacific Rim. What is it? South Rim. Oh uh, my Big God. Ben. No. Yeah. What is it? So what is that rim called up there? I think it is. I know what you're talking about. Area, yeah. When you go way up there, it's like a 12 and a half mile hike. Is this one to Santa Elena? Was that, I'm not Santa Elena Canyon. Was that to, um. It's up there in the Chisos. The Chisos Basin. Yeah, Chisos Basin. That's, I know that we did that that area. 
There's the window, there's the miner's trail, and I think it's called the North Rim, I want to say. I think that is what we did. We did that one. It was like 27 miles or something there. I don't think we did 27 miles. We definitely didn't do 27 miles. 12 and a half (laughs) up and 12 and a half down, and we took a side couple routes, too, and it took, we started at, I think, 6 in the morning. We didn't get back until 8 at night. That's so it was amazing. awesome. That's awesome. But yeah, I've been going out to Big Bend for so long. And so when you picked that spot, I, I was like, God, I want to go so bad. I was so busy. I couldn't find any way to like, I wanted to go as at, like as a participant for your retreat. I wanted to go. And I just couldn't find the time. But I knew, I was like, dang, she's going to have some magical moments out there at Big Bend. Oh, well, next time you need to show us. You need to show us where to go. Yeah, I've been doing tours out there for a long time. Mostly, mostly by biology and research and ecology stuff and like just looking at the the way it all interacts together the beavers and there's the rivers and there's mountain lions and the way they hunt the javelinas and all that type of stuff it's fun wow. there's mountain lion tracks all over there one time we were in uh th- we we're down near santa elena and there's this little backwash area as you get you know further east and when it when the conchos lets go that's when the rio grande or the yeah the rio grande fills and it uh, backwashes into this area. And when it does, it just makes every bit of that soft sediment, you know, clay again. And then it hardens when it washes back out. So it's like a little animal cross-cross area. And they have to leave their tracks in there. And one time there was a mama mountain lion and her three little cubs just playing. And we had to, like, figure out what was going on and what were they doing. Were they drinking? And just, it's fun. I can take you and show you wow, some tracks I would that love you would that. have your mind blown at. Because, like, there's pocket gophers that live underground, but they won't come out unless they're, like, being dispersed by mom after being, you know, raised. Or if they're going to go find a mate. And very rarely do you get to see these pristine little pocket gopher tracks. One time we were sitting eating right at Santa Elena in the picnic bench, and this plant was, like, and just disappeared underground. I was like, my cousin and I looked at each other. Like, Did you see that? He, I was like, what the heck was that? What just oh put that plant underground? And there are pocket gophers all over there. Whoa. So naturally, if there's pocket gophers, there have to be badgers. So there's badgers all over that park. And of course, there's tons of rattlesnakes. And there's these things called kangaroo rats. And they are masterful at dodging the rattlesnakes that sit in the road. And uh, there's things called night jars, whippoorwills. May have seen one fly or fly up from your car in the night. They got these red eyes, and you're like, "What the heck is that thing?" There's some cool stuff out there, Ellie. That I'll I'll take y'all on. If I just gotta find some time to come out there, with yeah. You. And I'll, I'd love to tour y'all around and show y'all the cool stuff that I know about that park because I've been going there for ten years. I would. Year. L- we would love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we'll be going back to Big Ben for Let's sure. Go. Let's go. For sure. There's so <laughs> much out there, and I have. I mean, I haven't explored nearly. There's so much more left, so. But if you could, if you don't mind, kind of taking us through a three-day Big Bend. Like, what what does morning look like? What You you get there at night, a day early Mm -hmm. maybe? Do you get any time to scope it out and kind of set your camp up? Do do they bring anything, or are you bringing everything? Yeah, for Big Bend, we bring everything. Um, I mean, they bring some stuff, but we bring, we have our big yurt tent. So we have five yurts, and we've got everybody sleeping in there on air mattresses. Nice. And we have our big campfire. We've got our big family dining table. But basically how it starts is, yeah, people arrive the first night. We do, we let them put their stuff away. We do some, like, um, connected movement, which is basically, like, partner exercises and getting people in their bodies and just kind of, like, comfortable with each other. Yeah. Just, um, and then we have our welcome circle. 
And our big intention for the weekend is really just allowing people to, number one, get off their phones. So we do take their phones. Yeah. I'm completely unplugged. Usually people are very willing. They're like, please take this thing. I do not <laughs> want it. I don't want to look at it. And, um, and that alone is so healing. And then the other parts are just really opening up, being willing to be vulnerable, being willing to connect. And people are ready for that, that calm. Because this is a, yeah. very much a lot, a lot about personal development and noticing the masks that you may have up and just like your guards and being able to be seen as the truth of who you are without shame or without fear of losing that love. And that's what people get to witness. It's like, wow, I can share this thing that I thought was so shameful or thought was so unlovable and people still are, are here for me and love me. And we taught our, one of our taglines is one, do hard things Two, strangers becoming family. And it's just been repeatable. Like every time these people that are strangers are literally leaving and they feel like they've got like a new just lifelong yeah, family. family. Yeah. Yeah. So you do some icebreakers and that leads into what are y'all, what are y'all doing next? Yeah. Usually on that first night we'll, we do some authentic relating. So eye gazing, if you're familiar, just, um, it's, it can be really weird for people to just stare in someone else's yeah. eyes and not say anything. It's so strange. I used to be so weirded out by it. And my yeah. eyes were dart everywhere. I think I'd, some people take it as like a thing of like, look me in the eye and they mm. might uh, equate that to like trauma from childhood of like, I don't feel comfortable right now because yeah. you've done horrible things to me potentially. Right. Mm. So yeah, eye gazing can be a super triggering. Yeah. But it's good to get through that. So totally. what, what does that look like? Eye gazing. Yeah, I mean, when you just we basically have people line up, partner with somebody, and and just soften, and you just stare into these people's eyes and notice what comes up. And usually, it's also just a fear to be seen. I know for me, it's just the insecurities of like actually being seen by someone else yeah. and letting someone else look at me. And so it's just riding those ways of discomfort. And usually, it's about ninety seconds where the the squirming will happen, or like the, the tendency to want to giggle yeah. or talk. It's like yeah. these are all protective mechanisms, and it's just like continuing to find the breath, soften, and then just after like ninety seconds, it's really start to see, kind of relax into it, and start oh. to see the other person as you. And there's like an intimate connection, and it's amazing just the connection you can have with somebody in two minutes or five minutes when we push them. I thought by you saying the chuckling thing, I thought that was like the barriers coming down but mm. you think yeah you said it was the opposite i think now that you say that it's a defense mechanism i see that because yeah. we do that we try to take humor mm -hmm. and mask things that feel uncomfortable totally so, wow because i i would think like oh the chuckling like the you know you're feeling off guard because you're vulnerable with the smiles and the friendships and making eye contact but interesting so you go back to the breath and you mm -hmm. go back to focusing and staring. Yeah, it's so. I love it. Yeah, and it's fun to watch everybody because you it'll like you can feel the energy just with everybody. Even the laughing is so much more present in the beginning, and then it just continues to just like, and people really surrender towards the end. Do you think you could get two heartbeats in rhythm by just staring into the eyes? Like I that? absolutely bet you can. Yeah, sinking breath and yeah. I know if you hug long enough, I've heard studies of that. But I wonder if you just sat there. And just stared. I wonder if you could. I bet you could. Yeah, we're going to have to measure that. Let's we're going to have to get some yeah. monitors. <laughs> Stethoscopes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. Um, so you do some eye gazing. Um, obviously, that's very, I don't know, uh, to somebody coming on, like, for the first time meeting somebody, that's, I bet, a pretty powerful moment of, like, okay, 
this is it. I'm, I'm in. Do you ever have people who, or have you had anyone who's shared anything like, ooh, like give me some space and let me come back to this, or y'all are pretty open to just letting people be where they're at and not forcing it and all that, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, letting people be where they're at, not forcing anything, for sure. And uh, after the eye-gazing, what do y'all do then? Do y'all have dinner that first night together? Yeah, we do. So we'll do some, like, authentic relating questions, basically vulnerability questions. So sometimes questions that maybe you may not share at, you know, networking event or or the bar or whatever, but it's just getting deep and and starting to open people up. Yeah. And um, it's really powerful to let someone else kind of, Maybe you're struggling with something that it's, a lot of times we're going through life and we're just showing, you know, it's hard to show when we're not doing the best or we're struggling in some area or we're dealing with something. And it's just mm-hmm. like, it can be such a relief to like open about it, speak about it. Cause shame is what wants to keep us quiet and isolated. Yeah. So opening up, it's just like, Oh, and then we realize we're all human and we're all going through similar stuff, <laughs> um, which is really beautiful to see. Um, but yeah, then we do, we have dinner, uh, at Big Ben specifically, we have Brandon who like makes us the best food. So we're, the whole time we're eating like primal, like very nice. much ancestral eating, which I'm all about yes. eating the way we have eaten for thousands of years. Yeah, soil, soil. <laughs> Chris just pointed to the heart and soil supplements. Yeah, all about yeah. Dr. Paul, carnivore. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So we'll have brisket or smoked chicken and yeah. That's so amazing. Um, now, see, you're just... You're making me want to go more. I got to go. I got to try the brisket now. So that first night, is there any evening activities with the stars or with anything um, else? Like, do you do any any other breath work or anything that first evening? Oh, yes. That first evening, we do our deep breath work ceremony. And it's so funny because every time it's like divine intervention, I keep mentioning that um, it's been really strong winds. All of a sudden, like at breath work, all of a sudden the winds will pick up. And I mean, like... It, it has been like, it has been windy and cold that first night for some reason, which is so awesome because everyone remembers it. And it's like, we are, bre- I mean, we are in it. Yeah. And it's just almost like the wind is meeting us where the emotions are at and just like massive releases, like people yeah. just releasing. And that's what the breath does. It allows us to release these deep pent up emotions that need to be processed or need to be traumas that need to come up or just feeling reconnected to yourself, releasing stress, releasing anxieties. And allowing everybody to have, I mean, that first breathwork night together, it's a journey and, and um, it's really special. Yeah. I think it's the first bonding, real bonding experience. When you were saying that, what came up for me was I was thinking about this moment where my mentor, you know, he was telling us this story about this time he was leaving this, leading these people on a survival trip and he was saying, all right, we can take the long way or the short way. And the survival trip was like 10 days long. So, of course, they're thinking like, all right, short way. But he's like, but it's going to be hard. And they're like, oh, God. Okay, <laughs> let's go. So he prepares them. And it's like, I think it's Montana. And it's like February. And it's just miserable. And he's like, look, here's the worst part that I didn't tell y'all. We're going to cross this water. And on the other side, it's going to be miserable. And we're going to keep hiking. But that's the short way. And everybody's just kind of like, oh, you know, super depressed. Ugh. <laughs> and, you know, he just goes right in. And it was funny because he explains how he, you know, kind of turns around and, you know, ex- asks everyone, like, what they're feeling. And they all tell him. And he says, you know, no matter what answer you gave, you're all wrong. 
And they're all like, what, what, what? And he's like, yeah, because you're thinking a feeling. He says, you're not feeling it. He says, you don't know what's, what this water's like. He's like, come on. And it was a hot spring. Mm. So it was so amazing to, to hear what you just said, which was these people aren't thinking feelings. They're feeling them. They're getting into them. And that's the thing that I'm constantly doing. I'm like, am I thinking my feelings? Am I feeling them? You know, so how can we, you know, as educators and practitioners of this work, like continuously get people to draw out those experiences of really feeling those feelings? I feel like my mentor in that way, he did it. That was great, right? You don't know what this water's like. (laughs) It's warm. Get in here. It's nice. But they were all miserable thinking before it even happened. So um, at, the, at the end of, I'm jumping ahead here, at the end of some of these retreats, do y'all revisit the insights that these people may have had, these expectations that they may have come with and what they were going to get out of this? Do they share any things like that? Have you, can you give us some insight into some of the things that have been shared about the magic that's been on these retreats for you? Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm so glad you said that because so much of this is about just that, learning how to feel mm. your feelings. And that sounds so kind of like cliche or like cheesy, right. but it's so, it is the reason for these retreats. The do right. hard things is like, can we go into discomfort and just feel it and be right. in it and not try to escape it, which is what I know for myself, I used to binge eat for that. Like I would cope with food or I'd feel socially anxious. So I'd drink or I'd just reach for something to numb out. And it's like, oh, if I can just like sit in this and breathe in it and just like feel this, like it's a superpower. And that's how we can go after the job that we want to go after. Or like that's ask right. the person out because we can just sit in like the discomfort of rejection. Oh yeah. It doesn't feel good, but we can handle it. But it's real. It's real. That's a real feeling. It's so real. So to constantly try and negate that, right? We've become this strange culture. And when you say like, the, we don't feel the feelings anymore. Like I really think it's the phone, mm. you know, it's, we're just so, digitalized, if that's the right word, digitized, um, that we don't have that connection any longer to feel. Because back in the day, you know, you're sitting there, there's nothing to stimulate yourself, right? So you have to go inward. You have to sit with things, Mm. right? With the internet and social media, you can instantly go to a messenger or a phone or, or whatever, and you can connect so fast. And that feeling of, Ooh, you know, I need like, you know, vision quests, you know, people who go sit in the woods for four days or something like that is what we all need. And when you said that you do that on a microscopic 24 hour, like almost like a mini reset, that's beautiful. That's what we need. So I was so happy when you said that. I was like, oh, because I always thought they were three and four day retreats. I was like, oh, we can go to a 24 hour here in Austin. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So yeah, no, no longer feeling feelings and getting into those moments of uncomfortability because that is where we all pretend we want to be is we want everything to be easy. Everything. That's what we've created. This is what all this is, Ellie. These houses that we're in right now. There's bathrooms over there, right? Not using the restroom outside. You know, not showering in the river. Like it's convenient to have hot water. So, but yeah, taking a step back and rekindling those relationships through these retreats that you're doing I think is so freaking powerful so thank you again for doing it yeah thank you for (laughs) asking about it yeah and what you said with the the thinking versus feeling one of um 
one guy who came on, his name is Zach, and he talks about that, that he didn't know what he needed. He knew he needed to come on the retreat. He didn't yeah. quite know what he was expecting, what he needed. But he said he, he got it in the way they didn't even know. And that was what you said is like he started being able to feel in his heart versus just constantly thinking through things. It was like he actually was tapped into his intuition and his mm-hmm. feeling. And it was like the the beautiful morning, like waking up with the sun. We'd wake up at like 5 a.m. each morning, do a morning routine and watch the sunrise together as a group. And some of those mornings were so cold mm. and so windy. But then the sun would come up and we'd start howling together. And it was just like, oh my, like I couldn't, yeah. I, we'd just be like crying. Like where's all this emotion coming from? But it was just because of the gratitude of like watching the sun come up. Yeah. And it can sound so simple logically, but when you're feeling it and you're in it and you've just gone through a ton of breath work and it's freezing and you Oof. see that sun, you're just like, ah, oh, and you yeah. ri- like the, that moment is so precious. You know, when, with that, I, I think about, um, you know, we have, in my my personal opinion, we all have expectations, and expectations are killers. And uh, another one of my mentors told me one time, like, think about this vessel. You know, we have this vessel, and this is it, right? We've we've got it. And now, when I smell a rose, it's like, oh yeah, that's beautiful. And it may mm. fill this thing up, but now I've gotten beyond that, and I've got a Ferrari. Right now, the vessel has actually expanded. So when that once smelling of a rose would fill such a thing, that smelling of a rose now, because the vessel has become so big, means nothing. And so I always tell the kids at Nature Versa, I say, empty your cup, you know, because right now you have a lot of expectations. And, and, I, and I don't want to say that because that sounds almost like I'm telling the parents, like, oh, this is a way for us to, like, get away from being the best at, educating or something, you know, by telling this kid, don't be having expectations about what to expect. Or these parents don't be having expectations of what to expect out of your kids because I don't want it to be like a brush off, but I really mean it truly. Like you're not going to enjoy this moment with a hawk that's flying in the sky, right? If your perceptions of expectations are so grandiose, you know, and so that moment that you all spent together watching that sunrise, that to me is a moment of emptying the cup and just really leaning into like, it's a sunrise. It's a sunrise. Mm. Like it's, it might not sound that much, but going back to breath and going back to a stick, it is the real world. So here we are. Here we are. We're here. We have all these parents. Who, oh, you know, you need to go live in the real world, Christopher. You can't be living out there in nature all the time and doing all the survival stuff, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, hold on, wait a second. The sun rises, the birds chirp, the grass is growing. Those trees are definitely producing fruits. Like, I'm not sure who's actually living in the real world here, but it might be you who's not living in the real world because you're getting into this car and you're going to this place that you don't like and you're sitting in this traffic. I don't want to be rude, but let's talk about who lives in the real world. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, it's so true. And it, I mean, it reminds me even just getting back outside to, like, I mean, the amount of things that I'd need on Amazon or I'm, yeah, like, purchasing yeah. or just that next me dopamine too. hit. And then you get out there and it's just like, oh, mm-hmm. this is, like, just getting back, reconnecting to that primal state and how grateful than getting back and then actually being in my bed and it's like wow i'm yeah. so grateful for this or yes. just like a shower like yeah 
it feels so much better, like you said, once the cup is empty and then like the little things just like, or that brisket. Oh, that yeah. brisket tastes so good when you're not, when you are like out on a hike all day long in the hot sun and then you get to come home and eat that brisket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever been hunting? No. You ever been fishing? Yes. You want to go hunting? Yes. Let's go hunting. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I want to, I feel like that would just be Kinda really eye opening for my, just my appreciation for the food I eat. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be a part of your retreat. Literally, that's that. so wild that you said that. My that. Um, um, Courtney, she's going to be helping with this Colorado retreat. She um, she mentioned that around like wanting to yeah, corporate. pull that in that. Fishing's big down there in South Texas. You can do fishing all day, and there's no guy down there, and you can hunt him year-round. There's a lot of things down there you can hunt and eat. No guys like elk. It's elk. Oh. It's delicious. My gosh. No guy burgers. Oh my gosh, that'd be incredible to let everybody experience that and really see the, appreciate the food. There's a, uh, there's a gentleman, Jesse, Jesse Griffiths. He owns a Dai Dewey and he has this, uh, it's called the new school of cookery and he will take you fishing and angling and hunting and all this stuff. And it's a really amazing course. So for anyone who's looking for something like that right now, before Ellie and I get all this set up. You can go do it now with uh, Jesse. Oh. It's amazing. Uh, Die Dewey. It's only like seasonal foods and stuff here in Austin. It's wow. over on MLK, I believe. Oh my God. He does it in Austin? Yeah. Well, not the hunting, but the, you know, the classes. He, you do marksmanship and training and rifling and zeroing in your gun and all that stuff. And yeah. And then uh. you're angling with the fish. You go down and do a boat. And yeah. I think he'll, he'll do the whole nine yards with you. He's got a wonderful book uh, in there. And uh, it's all about processing all natural game like you know dove and deer and fish and it's amazing it's oh like gosh. just living off the land type stuff wow so and we want to you know that's what we want to get into next because nature versity has been it's fun you know it's fire and knives and tools and stuff like that but like i really want that next layer i want hunting like i want the kids to see where food comes from i want them to grow food i want them to tend gardens and goats and chickens and I want all that stuff that's our next layer so we're looking at this piece of land and Leander with a little schoolhouse on it I'm gonna put in some propositions and see if we get it oh my gosh because that's yeah. so exciting it's growing that's right <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so tell us how we can learn more about how to connect with you yeah it can connect um our retreats are on comfortzoneretreats.com or on instagram at comfortzoneretreats we have a Colorado retreat. We're going to take a road trip, a bus. We've got a bus from Austin to Colorado. Whoop, whoop. This cool yurt village Everybody's on the river. Going. All of y'all are packing on? All of us How many on. people can go? Um, 50. 50 on yeah. one bus? On one are bus. Are you kidding Heck me? yeah. It's like one of those big coach buses. On the, on you know? Bus like that. That's awesome. <laughs> I was That's like, so how? Cool. Yeah, at first I was like, maybe we'll all fly. Then it's like, no, the road trip alone would yeah. be so bonding. You stop um, anywhere along the way to see some sights and stuff? We're going to drive mostly at night, so people okay. can sleep on the bus nice. and then kind of wake up and get there. Cool. Yeah. Dude, how exciting. Yeah. Um, okay. Comfort Zone Retreats. ComfortZoneRetreats.com. Comfort Zone Retreats. Do you want to tell anybody else about your um, health and nutritional coaching that you do? Yeah. Where can we find you there? Yeah. If anyone's struggling with sugar addiction or binge eating... Um, you can find me at mindfulbelly.com or at Instagram at mindfulbelly. I'm starting a six-week small group container to kick the sugar. So if that's interesting to you, yeah, come hit me up. I've done it, folks. 
<laughs> it's amazing. Chris, I'm a graduate. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Ellie, for doing this. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. And we'll, we'll do it again. We've got a lot to catch up on. It sounds good. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.